with media day upon us for the ACC and getting ready for camp and all that good stuff as college football's right around the corner. You expect all the, the craziness of conference expansion and realignment to go away. You figure that's just a June thing, but that's not the case as huge news hit on Thursday and it could impact the ACC. We'll explain where the ACC hand lands on today's show. You are locked on Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black, editor and publisher of 247's Eagle Insider. Conference realignment is in front of us. It's happening. Things are changing. We're going to dive into how that's going to impact the ACC and Boston College on today's show. In addition, we had BC's time in front of the media on Thursday. We'll get into what Jeff Halfley, Donovan Azaraku, Christian Mahogany, and Emmett Moorhead said. And I'm going to give you some overreactions to some of their comments. So let's jump in. The big news in college football right now is involving conference realignment as Colorado is booking it from the Pac-12, who is still without a media deal, you know, a year and a half later to join the Pac, the Big 12 after 12, I think it's 12 years uh, of being in the Pac-12. This is basically a re, um, this is a, a reconnection between Colorado and their old conference. This is huge news because on one hand, the, Pac-12 is in serious trouble. News is is bubbling that they could, you know, lose Oregon, Washington, the four corner schools, which is, you, you know, the Utahs and Arizonas. They could all go. Could this be the end of the Pac-12? Well, this isn't a Pac-12 show. But what I'm seeing here and what we're going to talk about one of a, uh, a article that came out is that all of this news could start a ripple that heads over to the Atlantic Coast Conference and causes change. And I'm going to go over to Brandon Marcello's article, who is one of our lead writers at 247 from the national perspective. And he brought up the ACC. And here's what he said. The ACC is seemingly landlocked by the SEC should it try to explore expansion. And its membership is also locked into an ironclad grant of rights through 2036. But rumors continue to bubble to the surface about potential movement. The fulcrum is Florida State, which raised a fuss at spring meetings about its annual payment from the ACC and demanded new revenue sharing structure that could result in a bigger share. Knowles 247 says they identified August 15 as a key date of actively looking to get out of the ACC. Should an ACC school want to leave after the 23-24 academic year, it must file a notice by August 15th. The question is whether FSU can afford a departure fee approaching nearly $500 million should it divorce its divorce lead to legal wranglings with the ACC. The more likely option for the ACC is expansion. Commissioner Jim Phillips told ESPN the conference is absolutely open to expanding beyond 14 members through the prospect, though the prospect was not at the forefront of the agenda earlier this year. Colorado joining the Big 12 shifted his tone. The two schools that they mentioned, SMU and West Virginia. Interesting, right? Okay, so there's a lot to unpack in what Brandon had to say. First of all, we get the um, the usual chess beating from Florida State. This happens every year. They want to. They they think that they're above everybody else. And uh, for a team that hasn't really been all that relevant in a while, it's interesting to see them, you know, 
taking the lead over a team like Clemson, who has a bigger right to ask for more money because they've been in the playoffs and all that good stuff. But hey, I'm not I'm not here to argue that Florida State is not a a, a big program. They deserve to get more money. But we have t- we have beaten that dead horse for 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 years now. That grant of rights is going to be impossible to get out of unless something weird happens. And from what Chris is saying, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that you're just getting more um, of the general frustrations. That being said, the second piece, the expansion piece, this is where it gets interesting. West Virginia. What would West Virginia look like in the ACC? Well, first of all, why would they leave the Big 12? I was talking to Mitch Wolf about this, uh, who's sometimes on our show. And he was like, why would they leave? Well, first of all, the Big 12 is, uh, from what I've heard, I believe they're making less money in their deal than the ACC. And with the ACC actively looking and adding money to their deal, as every time we talk, turn around, they're adding something new, I think they're going to make more money. But that's not even just the money in front of them. Think about all the money that West Virginia is going to have to spend to travel to Colorado, that if you know Arizona joins or Washington joins what they're going to have to pay to travel all the way across the country for not even just football folks. I'm talking like men's soccer or, you know, track. I don't know what school, what's what non um, revenue sports they have, but think about having to ship your non revenue sports across country over and over and over again. That does cost a lot of money and it, and it's taxing on your program. So it could, it could make sense that if you're going to make similar to same money from, you know, the ACC to jump, and enjoying that conference where you have a bunch of other schools that you have a huge history with, whether it's Virginia tech, Boston college, Syracuse, Pitt, Miami, you know, there's a lot there pits. They, they're big rival, you know, the backyard brawl. That was a great game last year. Would the West would West Virginia do that? Who knows? The other piece that I thought was interesting was SMU. SMU has been, a team that has been in the forefront of a lot of expansion. I just saw them listed as a team that could go to the PAC 12. So they have some options here. They could go to the PAC 12. They could go to the uh, big 12. They could go to the ACC. We'll have to wait and see there because they, they are an attractive school for a big reason. You just like Houston, which Deion Sanders listed as one of the reasons why Colorado joined. Texas is a big time recruiting footprint for every school in the country that has a brain. Every school wants to get a chance to showcase themselves to Texas recruits. So for the Big 12, they got Houston. That's a great thing for them to do that. They also have, you know, Texas, Texas Tech and Baylor and all that good stuff. There's getting as your you getting yourself situated in that state is a big thing. It would be a nice thing for, for the ACC to finally get in because SEC is in there too. They, you know, they got Texas and they got Texas AM now. I bet the ACC would love that too. So SMU has been a program, you know, until they had that death penalty uh, for the Pony Express. Uh, they have been a program that has history. They just need the, the boost to get up there. So would this all be good for Boston College? Anything that you can do at this point to keep the ACC afloat is good for BC. As we've said on this podcast, BC is not the most attractive school when it comes to realignment. You know, their program has suffered for football for the last 15 years or so. They don't have a huge fan base. They have a good market, but Boston is not a college market, but they have fans here. Um, but I think that when you're when you're thinking of schools that they want to look at, BC is not at the top of that list. So the health of the ACC would be super important for Boston College. 
you want to get that, keep that money revenue coming in. And I'm not going to get into the whole father Leahy and how things are, are spent and whatever. That's a whole other conversation. I'm just saying in terms of program, pr- programmatic um, advantage here for BC, staying in the ACC would be good. Keeping that conference healthy would be good. Um, and we'll have to sit, wait and see what happens there. But conference expansion is, is, I mean, it could, there could be more coming. We could also see the ACC and PAC 12 try to do some sort of merger thing that I saw that thrown around by, and it wasn't someone I would, I would list as a credible source, but there's all sorts of things that could still happen. So buckle in folks. It feels like the bandaid has just been ripped off. We'll have to wait and see what the next move is as we continue to look forward to more conference realignment in a moment. I want to get into some overreactions. I'm going to talk about the comments made by Christian Mahogany, Donovan Azaraku, Emmett Moorhead, and Jeff Halfley, and give you some overreactions to what they had to say. Now, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. This, This does everything for you. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and free. They've got the tools. They've got everything all in front of you so that you don't have to, you take all the guesswork out. You add your job. Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring with simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Again, if you're hiring, you need to go to LinkedIn jobs right now. They will help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Locked on BC, AJ black here. And I was talking to uh, one of the other locked on hosts and I was like, what do I lead with today? Do I talk about the conference realignment or do we talk about media days? And he's like, definitely conference realignment media days is only sometimes only more interesting to the media than they are to the fans. But I wanted to spin my conversation about the media days. You can read all the comments, all the players made, and you can, you can get a feel for what, how they're, they're feeling for this upcoming season by going over to Eagle insider. You, I'm not going to go over every comment that they made. Cause that'd be kind of boring. Instead, I want to give you my overreactions to everything that was said, some of the big comments that were said. So, on Thursday, BC was second to last to speak at the ACC Media Days. And shout out to Kenton Gibbs of Locked On ACC who asked some great questions. I didn't get down there because, as I said, plane fares and hotels, based off of what I make for doing all this stuff, it ain't worth it for me to go down there. So let's go into some overreactions of what they had to say. So I got to watch all of the comments. I saw everything that the players had to say, the coaches had to say. And just from my conversations with Jeff Halfley that I've had, hearing him talk at the ESPN um, ACC kickoff comments and his press conference. I want to say that I feel like he seems to be the most confident that I've seen him as head coach at Boston college. When he came in in 2020, remember that whole year was a complete S show, right? You had COVID, you had all those regulations and, you know, players that you're trying to keep them safe. It it was, it was everyone learning, whether it was the staff, the players, you know, training group, everyone was like on their toes. And it was his first year as head coach. It was crazy. 
So you don't, you didn't sense, you felt good like as him with him as a head coach, but you didn't get the sense of confidence. The year after that, you still sense he, he was feeling pretty good. Last year, I didn't get that sense. I felt like, you know, he was feeling like he was just getting into a season. This year, just talking to Jeff, getting, hearing his comments on the, on the podium. I feel like he feels the most confident as head coach. Like he knows what he needs to do to be successful at Boston college that he knows where he fell and where he lacked the last couple of years and how he can improve upon that. I get that sense. He just, he's exhuming a different aura than he has in years past. And I think that hopefully will, will translate to the field. Again, this is just my gut going into the year. He could, you know, easily things could fall apart again. But he talked specifically about the offensive line and how deep he felt they were. Um, and that, you know, I, there was a great stat that last year, this, this is a crazy stat that you guys need to know. Last year going into the season, BC had four total starts on their offensive line. I think they were all Aussie Trapillo. This year, they have 144 starts on that offensive line. That are 147. That is crazy. If If you went from you know, trying to hide that your offensive line is, is a little uh, anemic to this offensive line feels good. You'd have the confidence that Halfley does. And he talks about the depth of the team that again, will bring out the confidence in a head coach. When you're bringing in guys like Ryan O'Keefe and you're feeling good about your defensive line with Donovan Azaraku and Quan Williams and Neto Ekpala, you get the sense from Jeff Halfley that things are heading in the right direction and he feels it. This is a different, I get a different aura from him and we'll have to wait and see how things go during practice. Like it does that, does that energy from the head coach change or is it still kind of, he's feeling it. He's feeling good going into the season. This has been, and you can say that it's me, you know, I, I obviously I talked to the staff and you guys are, you, you may disagree with me. I, I know some folks think I'm a, like a halfway apologist or whatever, but I've been on Eagle Insider with a lot of diehard fans, and I read what they said. They had a Friends of the Heights, the NIL program for Boston College. They had a um, a all call for donors for that with Jeff Halfway, and the fans were saying the exact same thing. That a lot of the fans, and maybe you are one of them listening right now, you got the same feeling. Like he he feels his his energy is different this year. It's much more focused. It's much more confident, and I think that will be something that we can pull from this, this press conference. Right. So it's not, not even just the things he's saying. It's just the way he's coming across. That's our first big overreaction. You ready? The second one, the second one is about Emmett Moorhead. Emmett Moorhead is heading into his first year as a true head coach. I had head coach, true starting quarterback. Yeah. I hope he's not the new head coach. Um, And uh, you know, I talked to him last year at some press conferences. I talked to him this spring and he felt confident, but he feels like he's ready. Like he, you get the energy from Moorhead of a guy that has been around the program for a while, that a guy that is, is got his feet ready to go that he's been, you know, he talked about, you know, now he's, he's from, from 2021 to 2022, the change was drastic, right? Re- remember watching that Syracuse game in 2021 where he was thrown in and anytime th- Syracuse threw pressure in his face, he just, he basically curl into a ball and fall. He didn't know what to do. Big change from 20 into the, into 2022, right? 
he was averaging 325 yards a game in, in November. He had some big or three, he had three games with 325 yards more and he, he commanded the offense. So he talked about his next steps and how he continues to adjust. And specifically, he talked about watching Matt Ryan play and how Matt Ryan was someone that he wants to idle his game after, which is great. I mean, if you're a Boston college fan, how's it get better than that? Right? So Matt Ryan, he watches his footwork. He watches how, um, how things are going and how things are, are, you know, how, you know, the mechanics and he wants to simplify that for himself. So, so, Moorhead went from 21 to 22 from survival mode to solid. Now he's nitpicking and pulling apart his game a little bit to really solidify what he's doing out on the field. That's good. That's what you want to see. And I thought another comment that he made that I thought was really good too, is with the new offensive staff that's with him, that Rob Chizinski and, and Steve Shimko, the offensive coordinator and offensive assistant are working on creating the, they're, they're kind of simplifying the game plan for Boston college. They're getting things more simple so that they're not stuck overthinking things. And that's what you want in football. Football is so much more instinctual that if you, if you make guys overthink, you're already behind the eight ball. So any way that they can get this to, I see this, I do that. I do this. I do, in this situation, I do this. When I see this, that is positives that will help Emmett Moorhead continue to evolve as a quarterback and to take that next big step. Cause he needs it. He's not, a, as you guys have said before, right? He's not, he's not where he needs to be yet. He's getting there. So hopefully those types of things, working on his mechanics, feeling more confident and having the offense simplified a little bit so that he can grasp it and everyone around. It's not just for him. It's for everybody. That's going to be a positive. Now in our final segment, I have a couple more. I have a one. I, I, I have to lie folks. I came in with three overreactions. I got four. So you're going to get a bonus one in a moment too. So you're going to want to hear that when we come, when we're in just a moment. But if you've not checked out locked on ACC, I mentioned Kenton Gibbs. It's awesome. It's hosted by Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. The two of them talk everything ACC check out locked on ACC, where we get your podcasts. Now, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs a f- to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Locked on BCAJ Black. So I got some good news for you before we get into our final segment. Summer, summer in terms of my schedule, is changing. For June and July, I was doing three days a week. I got a couple of messages like, AJ, we miss having you five days a week. Well, starting Monday, we are back. Locked on BC is back to five days a week. Boston College coverage. We've got, I, I've, I'm in the process of getting some good guests. We're going to be at ACC Media Day. We're going to, I mean, BC Media Day. We're going to have Mitch back on. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. And like this podcast too. Hope you do. All right. So we're going in our um, 
overreact. We're, we're jumping in our overreaction machine. I gave you two already. Hopefully you may agree or may disagree with what, what they had to say, but I wanted to talk about two players that were at that, at that press conference, Donovan Azaraku and Christian Mahogany. Now Donovan and Christian are two of BC's best players. And they both had interesting comments that I wanted to kind of dive into. And that is that both players are set to take their next big step for Azaraku. He talked about putting on 10 to 12 mus- uh, pounds of muscle. I believe he said in his lower half to get, get himself stronger. That was he, you know, as he finished second in the ACC in sacks last year, he was asked, how am I going to improve myself? How am I going to get better? He talked about putting on more strength to get himself stronger. 10 to 12 pounds of muscle is impressive. So he's going to be bigger. He's going to be more powerful. That's going to get him to that next step. And he's saying, he's saying that that's going to get everyone around him even better because the moment that they double team him, that's going to get someone like Sheeta Salah or Neto Ekpala or Quan Williams or Cam Horsley open or with more favorable matchups that they can cause trouble. So that's one piece why I think Azaraku is, is set to take that next step and become one of the better edge rushers in the country. He's already one of the better, but he's going to take that step to be one of the best. Secondly, Christian Mahogany. Um, he had some great comments throughout the day. He was wearing a chain. You can see it in the picture on YouTube uh, with his uh, his grandmother's thumbprint on it. His grandmother passed away and he was showing that off. I thought that was really cool. It was like etched in metal. Uh, and he, he showcased that now mahogany, as everyone knows, missed all of last year. He talked about how hard it was missing that year, seeing his brothers on the line struggle and not being able to do anything about it. He also gave some really good insight into how it really impacted his mental health, that it was tough on him it really tough at times, but he had people around him like Jeff Halfley and, and Donovan as like all the players and coaches were there to support him. And that got him through it. And he also did a really nice job of explaining how, if you're struggling with mental health, you need to reach out to people too. But that's not what I'm getting into here. Is I loved his comments about where he's going to take the offensive line this year. Where, he, you know, so he, we talked about as a Rasku taking the next, next step. Uh, Christian Mahogany had one of my favorite comments of the day. And he said that when it comes to that NIU game, they're going to be violent, they're going to be physical, and you can quote him on it. And he promises that. I loved it. I loved seeing some bravado, some confidence, you know, too many times we get press conferences where they're just like, we're going to be better, blah, blah, blah. But mahogany just brought it. He just brought it and said right away, we're going to be better. And I promise you that quote me that I loved. I loved hearing that from him. So he's going to be that leader out there. He's going to make that offensive line better. Um, And I felt that I felt he's going to take that next big step for BC's offensive line. And finally, my bonus overreaction has to do with NIL. And this goes back to an article Andrea Adelson had that had, um, it was about Christian Mahogany and, and Donovan Azaraku that um, talked about how other teams have been trying to poach players. We heard about this throughout the, show, throughout the day. Uh, Halfley mentioned that Pat Garwell was tried, uh, almost was poached or what they tried to poach him that Donovan Azaraku, they reached out to him. Hogany heard about it. I've heard all these things too. And this is not just a, a Jeff Halfley thing. These are all things that are happening, but they all are back at Boston college. So my overreaction is whatever Boston college is doing between Zay flowers, Donovan Azaraku, and all these other guys that have stayed 
in addition to the work of the Friends of the Heights and the program that they put together for NIL and the school itself, they're doing something right. Because BC, yes, they've lost guys uh, in the transfer portal, but none of them, I think, were because of money. There was other things. If, you know, I've gone on about it on Eagle Insider. You can go there and check those all out. But none of them were about money, as far as I know. Um, these guys all decided to stay. And I loved Christian Mahogany's comment. Here's what he had to say to uh, ESPN, uh, the ESPN TV show he was on. No amount of money could take me away from a place that's believed in me from the start, Mahogany told ESPN on Thursday during ACC kickoff. Why would I leave for some money? I'm like a rental at that point. There's no care. There's no love. I wanted to finish here, and that was my end goal. We loved Jay Flowers for doing this last year. Now we got to show the same respect and love to Christian Mahogany and Donovan Azarako and Pat Garwo, too, and any other of these guys that decided to stay at your school, the school that you root for, because they love it. They're, they're, they're getting taken care of too. Mahogany, you follow him on Instagram. He's got stuff. He's, get, he's getting taken care of. You can tell. But they still love your school. And that makes this team likable. And I wanted just to bring that up as a kind of a way to wrap this up. Now, on Monday's episode, we are at Camp Week. Summer is, well, it's still going, but we're college football is right around the corner, folks. I'm so excited. We'll start diving into camp stuff. I'll be at practice, you know, for the for most of the month of August. I cannot wait to talk about this. Make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247 and subscribe at Eagle Insider. Um, I hope you do. We'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.